Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or if there are things that have come up in your life that you're curious, what does the Bible say about these things? We would love to talk with you about them and try and answer those questions for you. And if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you and your prayer requests here on the air and just so many people listening who can agree and say amen. So the number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or text us at 720-336-0897. We want to say welcome to all of you who are listening, wherever you're tuning in from. We know there's so many of you who listen over the airwaves here in Colorado and in southern Wyoming. Grace FM airs from Cheyenne, Wyoming, all the way down to Pueblo, Colorado. And so if you're listening here on the Front Range of Colorado, welcome to the program. We're so glad that you tuned in today. And uh, give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer some of those questions that you've been wondering about or discuss uh, some of those topics with you, as well as pray for your prayer requests. If you are listening on the East Coast, we are so glad that you tuned in as well. We love being syndicated in a couple places, just seeing how God is using this show in a lot of people's lives uh, around the country. So we're syndicated on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland. So if that's where you've tuned in today, welcome to the show. And we're also syndicated on Truth FM in Tennessee and into parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Just a reminder that those who are listening on the East Coast and in Kentucky and Tennessee and North Carolina, you're hearing the program on a one-week delay, which means that uh, you can call in, um, but then you get to call in a week, or sorry, you get to tune in a week later and listen to yourself on the air. So we'd love for you to call in. We'd love to answer your questions. And even if they're, uh, you know, about the show that aired a week ago, we'll do our best to answer the question for you anyway. And we would love uh, to hear from you and pray for you. So also want to give a big hello to everyone who listens online. We know there's so many of you who tune in via the app and the website. So if you don't have that mobile app yet, we recommend that you go get it. Just go into your app store on your mobile device and type in Grace FM and it'll come right up and you can listen to Grace FM live uh, wherever you're at on the go. We know that there are people who listen uh, who even call in sometimes from places like Florida and Texas and California. So we're so glad that you do that and we're so glad to be able to minister to people really all over the world through the internet uh, as well. So you can also, if you're sitting at a computer during your workday, you can also tune in gracefm.com and you can just click the listen now button or listen live button and you can listen to us live. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303 303- 690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Again, that text number 720-336-0897. Just a few words about myself as we're waiting for calls to come in. I am your host uh, every Monday here on Calvary Live. Again, my name is Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church. 
which is a church here in Longmont, Colorado, where I'm broadcasting from today. And um, we are a church that loves Jesus. We love to study the Word of God. We love to study verse by verse, study through whole books of the Bible. Currently, we're studying through the letter to the Romans, which is really just one of the greatest uh, letters in the entire New Testament, one of the greatest books in the entire Bible. It's a book that lays out for us the gospel and how it works and how it works in our lives in a way uh, that few other books do, especially in so much detail. So we have just enjoyed studying through Romans. This Sunday, we've gotten to what what is so many people's favorite chapter, and it's Romans chapter 8. And we're going to slow down and take our time as we go through Romans chapter 8 over the next four Sundays. We're going to be studying different parts of this chapter because it's so rich and so important that we don't want to rush through it. And so, um, yeah, we're going to be studying... Uh, Romans chapter 8 this Sunday. So again, the church I pastor is Whitefields Community Church. We meet in downtown Longmont. So if there uh, is anyone listening who is in the Longmont area, we would love for you to come and join us. And this particular Sunday, this coming Sunday, is a great Sunday for you to join us, even if you don't regularly attend our church. Or maybe you know, you're listening right now and you don't live in or near Longmont, but you have friends or family who do. And this would be like the perfect Sunday for you to come up and say, hey, Come with me, let's go to this church, and let's get these people uh, connected to the church or have them visit. Because this Sunday, not only are we studying Romans chapter 8, really it's this pinnacle chapter in the, in the book, you know, this wonderful declaration that Paul makes where he says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, for the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. And actually my favorite verse is verse 3. It says, For God has done what the law weakened by our flesh could not do by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh uh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not according to the flesh but according to the spirit. Just so hopeful, so glorious. It takes us from the point of despair to the heights of hope and leaves us there. And I love that. I love that section. And we're going to be talking about that this Sunday. But here's the real reason why... um, uh, well, not the real reason. Here's the other reason why is t- this Sunday is a great Sunday for you to introduce people to Whitefields in Longmont is that we're doing an outdoor service. We do this once a year. So our church meets right on the corner of Roosevelt Park uh, in the St. Vrain Memorial Building. So if you're familiar with Longmont, Roosevelt Park is our city park. And our church meets right on Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street. So uh, we're just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue, so the northwest corner of Longs Peak and Kaufman. And right out in front of our building, there is this big park with this giant tree. I'm not sure what kind of tree it is, but this thing's massive. And it just puts shade over this whole park. It's just a really, really nice area and kind of a historic area in Longmont. And so we have that whole park reserved, and we're just going to, we'd love to fill it with as many people as we possibly can. Just fill it with worship and the word. And one of the things that we uh, experience last year when we did this. They just built some new apartment buildings in the area and people were out on their balconies listening, people walking their dogs in the morning, stopped and listened to the message of the gospel. So um, we would love for you to join us too. So if you're in Longmont or even any of the surrounding communities from Berthoud, Carbon Valley, Mead, you know, Frederick, Firestone, Decono, Erie, uh, Niwot, over into Lyons, we'd love to have you come and join us at Whitefields. If you want more information or directions, the website is whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And we meet at 10 a.m. 
there just uh, this Sunday right in front of the building, but every Sunday it's at the same location, uh, St. Vrain Memorial Building at 700 Longs Peak Avenue in Longmont. So Whitefields Community Church, would love to have you join us this Sunday. Let's go to our first caller, Chris, right here in Longmont, Colorado. Hey, Chris, welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor Nick, how's it going? Going great. What's up? Hey, I've got a quick question on uh, Revelation uh, 21.1. Yeah. Uh, John, John says, uh, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And uh, what I was curious is, I, I understand that there is going to be a new earth, you know, everything's going to be made new, but the heaven part was throwing me off. My, my gut tells me it's the heavens, mm-hmm. like the galaxies, but uh, I'm, I could be wrong on that. So I just wanted to get your take on that. That's a great question. I, uh, I think when he's talking about uh, new heaven and new earth, you know, what this brings to mind is that Paul talks about in, um, I'm sorry, not Paul, Peter talks about in first peter i believe it's chapter three i just uh i just discussed this verse with somebody last week so it's uh but it's in one of peter's letters and i believe it's in first peter chapter three but i'll look it up while i'm talking to you anyway what he says there is that he says that uh the earth will be destroyed with fire and uh and so we see that there is this this picture of that the earth is destroyed with fire there's this destruction that happens but then there's a redeeming of creation and there's a new earth and new heavens. And uh, I think when it talks about new heavens, I'm not sure if that's speaking of a brand new cosmos. If you were to ask my opinion, my opinion is actually yes. It is speaking of a brand new cosmos, uh, meaning planets, you know, all of these things. But there will be an entirely new creation. And um, it will be a, a restoration, really, of God's original design with creation. But anyway, that is my understanding is that it will be uh, a new cosmos. And um, I think it's interesting. You know, the Bible does talk about that there, there are three heavens. So the kind of three levels, right? So there's our atmosphere is spoken of the heavens. Then there's the outer, uh, the cosmos. And then there's heaven, uh, which is more of an abstract kind of heaven. It's not a literal physical place, but it's the place where God dwells. It's the, It's that dimension. And so I think that this is speaking of the first heaven and the second heaven. Right, as in terms of our atmosphere, obviously, but also the cosmos. All right. Okay, cool. well, thank you so much. I, I really do appreciate that. You bet. God bless you, Chris. Right. Thanks for calling in. All right. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Let's go to Brian in Pennsylvania. Hi, Brian. Hey, Welcome to the program. good afternoon. Good, good afternoon to you. What's up? Yeah, a question here for you. Um, we're doing, uh, in our Sunday morning services, we're doing a series on, or when I say series, we're going through the Book of Romans, and I hear you are also. Yeah. Uh, but going through the Book of Romans, uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. And uh, so we were doing some definitions of the law, sin, righteousness, you know, um, getting those definitions so when we go through the book of Romans, we understand what is Paul talking about. But a question was brought up, and I have uh, two individuals in our church. One um, is kind of following a, um, what would you call it, a messianic faith, okay? okay. Sure. And the other one is coming from a traditional background. Uh, so they're questioning what law, when we're talking about the law, are we talking about the law as in the Old Testament laws, as in the customs and the, and the uh, traditions? Are we talking about the laws in the Ten Commandments and the commandments Jesus taught? 
Yeah. No, that's a great question. And, uh, you know, it's actually one of my favorite topics. In recent times, it has become one of my favorite topics to listen to. And I'll just give you briefly uh, how, I, how it came to be one of my favorite topics. I took a road trip uh, last Thanksgiving out to California to visit my wife's family. And on the way, I was driving, everybody was sleeping, and I listened to this entire audiobook by Sinclair Ferguson called The Whole Christ. And um, it, it, was, it was really good. And what he talked about, I've heard so many books and so many teachings about legalism, right? Like legalism is bad, and we all agree with that, and I mm -hmm. think that we should. Um, but then he was talking about, Sinclair Ferguson was talking about another aspect of that. I guess you could say, like, if you've ever been in, you know, not so much here in Colorado because we don't get a ton of rain, but like I lived in Europe, right? And when you drive down the road, they often have two ditches on either side of the road because they get so much rain. And so you could say that it's kind of like that, like legalism is the ditch on the one side of the road that you don't want to drive into. And then on the other side of the road, though, there's also another ditch, and that is what is called in theological terms, it's called antinomianism. And that means being against the law, basically thinking that the law is bad. And that it's something that is inherently bad. Like anytime we talk about rules, that rules are bad. And that God doesn't want us to follow rules. Um, and that rules don't matter and they're inherently bad. And I found this to be such an interesting discussion because Sinclair Ferguson was talking about how antinomianism is also not biblical. That what matters is how do we relate to the law and what is the role of the law in our lives. And so if we look to the law to be something which justifies us, then that is not good at all. That's legalism. But the Correct. law still has a role in our lives. And the, the role of the law in the, our lives is the law, Paul says in, in Romans 7, he says the law is good and righteous and true. And what that means is that the law tells us the kinds of things that God likes, the kinds of things that God doesn't like. Furthermore, Correct. the law tells us a lot about who Jesus is because Jesus is the fulfiller of the law. So as we look to the law, not only do we see our shortcomings, but we see Christ's glory. And then uh, the other way that the law works in our lives is it becomes a playbook by which you see, okay, God likes it if I do this. Kind of like I know that my wife likes it if I do the dishes at night. Now, I can do the dishes as a means of getting her to love me or trying to be manipulative, but that's not healthy, right? But on the other hand, I can also do the dishes just out of a love for my wife because I actually want to bring her joy and pleasure from a healthy perspective. So I say all that to say this. I love talking about this topic. And here's one of the things that I came to understand uh, more recently about the law. And uh, I, I don't know if it was really a revelation as more of a clarity. So maybe I can help you with this. And, and so here's what it is, is that um, historically, Christians have understood that the law is broken into three categories. And so let's be clear. There are 613 laws in the law of Moses. So in the Bible, meaning Exodus, uh, number, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. You put them all together, there are 613 laws. Ten of those are the Ten Commandments, which I, I would agree with you, the Ten Commandments form the, what we would call the moral baseline. But they're, they're not the only moral laws in the law, right? So there are 613 laws that make up the law of Moses. And historically, these have been understood as falling in three categories. And specifically, the Reformers kind of codified this idea, meaning they, they laid it out and made it um, kind of the official view. Um, but what they pointed out is that this isn't just something that they came up with. They pointed mm -hmm. out that you can see Jesus making these three distinctions as well in the New Testament and the New Testament writers um, in understanding these three distinctions. So here's what they are. 
Number one, you have civil laws. So civil laws governed the nation of Israel, and they dealt with behaviors and punishments for crimes. Right? So if somebody commits this crime, then they um, here's the punishment for that crime. And, and the reason those was important was because you remember when God gave them the law, they didn't have a king. They didn't have uh, any kind of judicial system. God was their king and their judge. And there were, there were people who were called to enforce or interpret situations according to God's law. But God was their ultimate authority. It was the true theocracy. And so in that, you know, um, these three laws were, were kind of mixed together. But and let me continue. So you had civil laws, right? So it's governing behaviors, punishments for crimes. Secondly, you had ceremonial laws. These are things about what is clean and unclean. So this is things like foods that you can eat that are clean and foods that are unclean. Uh, other ritual practices, sacrifices, ritual practices that need to be made. Those are ceremonial laws. And then thirdly, you had the moral laws. So these are things... For example, the Ten Commandments are a perfect example of this, but there were other moral laws, kind of just declaring what God deemed to be right and wrong. And so, for the people of Israel, these three blended together. Because, right, so if you broke a moral law, that was also a civil, um, you know, infraction, and it had ceremonial consequences. Now, the thing is that after that system came apart and God replaced it with another system, then we have to relate to these three different kinds of laws differently. And, and this is important because a lot of people will aim this criticism at Christians and they'll say that Christians kind of pick and choose, right, from Old Testament law. Maybe you've heard that before. Like they'll say, mm -hmm. well, Christians will say, hey, you shouldn't commit adultery, but they ignore the other commandments that are also in the law, like not eating pork and shellfish or not wearing clothing made of mixed fabrics or... Um, right not eating cheeseburgers, right? Like that, that's a weird interpretation of a certain law, yeah. but, but you get the point. Um, yeah. And they'll say, you know, how can you say, for example, here, here's the big one nowadays, is how can you say that uh, certain kinds of sexual practices are wrong based on the Old Testament law when you don't keep every part of the Old Testament law? And that's why it's so important to understand the, this threefold um, breakdown of different kinds of laws because it shows that we're not actually picking and choosing. In fact, we're being faithful to the law. So the short answer to your question, and I realize it's kind of ironic that I say that now, but here's the short answer to your question, is when it's talking about the law, it's talking about the moral law, the moral law. And mm -hmm. in Romans, it's talking about how we have all broken the moral law. In other words, we have sinned against God morally. And, and the, re the reason we know that is because the civil laws would not have applied to Gentiles. And, and Paul does make that distinction, like in chapter uh, 1 and 2, he really makes that distinction. What about people who are not under the civil law and the ceremonial law? And he makes the point, well, those, they're still under the moral law. And, and what we need to understand is that all of the law has been fulfilled in Jesus. And so, right, the civil laws... Um, we, there's no longer a theocracy, but in Christ we have become a new nation of every Correct. tribe, tongue, and, and people on the earth. And then uh, as far as the ceremonial laws, Jesus fulfilled all of the ceremonial laws. He took on our uncleanness in order to make us clean. And then the moral laws, of course, Jesus lived the truly moral life in order that he might give us his righteous record. Correct. Okay. So. And, that, and that brings a lot of clarity because... Um, because when Paul says, you know, that 
um, that in in our flesh, in our own self-righteousness, we try to fulfill the law by works, and we take no pleasure in doing it. We just do it because we have to, like wearing your seatbelt. I hate wearing my seatbelt. I think it's stupid. I have no passion or love for that law. Um, right. But we do it because we, you know, we have an obligation to do it. But um, but uh, but if God has our heart, then we take joy in in following His law. Yeah, totally. You know, yeah, takes joy. You know, so so okay, and that brings a lot of clarity because I don't want to put people in bondage. I don't want to. I don't want to put people back. You know, Jesus set us free. He didn't come to bind us. Right. Right, that's okay. true. And that, that okay. actually brings up something I was going to talk about a little bit on the show if I have a, a free minute between calls. Which, So if you keep listening, you'll hear it. But it's, a, it's just a great quote from Martin Lloyd-Jones about how the law works in our lives now that we are set free in Christ. And so, and what, and what's, uh, and what's his name? His name is Martin Lloyd-Jones. Lloyd-Jones? Uh, Martin Lloyd-Jones, yeah. He was a great 20th century preacher. In fact, if you don't mind, then I will... Um, I'll just read it to you now okay, so, sure. for our listeners. Okay, so here's, here's what he says. So this is from his commentary on Romans. And I love this quote. He, he's talking about, he says this. Well, I'll just read it. The difference between an unbeliever sinning and a Christian sinning is the difference between a man transgressing the laws of the state and a husband who has done something he should not do in his relationship with his wife. He is not breaking the law, he is wounding the heart of his wife. That is the difference. It is no longer a legal matter. It is a matter of personal relationship and love. The man does not cease to be the husband legally in this instance. Law does not come into the matter at all. In a sense, it is now something much worse than a legal condemnation because I would rather offend a law of the land objectively outside of myself than hurt someone whom I love. In that case, you have sinned, of course, but you have sinned against love. So you may and you should feel ashamed, but you should not feel condemnation, because to do so is to put yourself back under the law. Wow. Wow. <laughs> that is wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I felt okay. the same way when I read it. So, yeah. <laughs> All right. And then the other guy was Sinclair Ferguson. And what was the name of his book? I believe it was the whole Christ. I'm going to look it up for you real quick. Um, what are the whole Christ? I believe that was the name of the book. The Sinclair Ferguson, The Whole Christ. Okay. And uh, I just, I, it was a great book and a great audio book, and I'm sure it would be a great book to read too. It starts a little slow, so just stick with it. Um, okay, and then, I'm slow. <laughs> that's all right. And I'll give you one last thing to read, and for any listeners who are interested in going deeper on this topic, um, I write a blog. I write a couple times a week. My blog address is nickkady.org, and I've written two articles on this topic. So if you go to my blog, nickkady.org, and then in the search bar, type in this. Do Christians pick and choose when it comes to Old Testament laws? That's the first one. And then the other one is called, Oh, How I Love Your Law. And it's about the role of the law in the life of a believer. So um, okay. hopefully that can bring some help. Oh, absolutely. Thank you very much. God bless you, and keep doing what you're doing. Awesome. God bless you. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We've got two open lines, and we're going to go to break in a few minutes. But if you'd like to get on, the number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or text us 
at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Susan in New Jersey. Hi, Susan. Welcome to the program. Hi, how are you? I'm doing well. Uh, I, have a, I actually have two questions. Um, one, I wanted to know if people's pets, animals, are they going to be in heaven? Okay. Okay, yeah, let's deal with that one first. Um, do pets go to heaven? You know what? If you would have asked me, um, if you would have asked me that question maybe a year and a half ago, I would have probably mm -hmm. said no. But then I read this book by Randy Alcorn called Heaven. So here's, here's what I'm going to recommend for you. Check out this book and all our readers. Really, really good book. And um, it's called Heaven by Randy Alcorn. And uh, just check it out, and it's it's really good. And he actually deals with this topic. And what I love about his book is that there's so many so many things out there about heaven these days that just seem so iffy, right? Like like you hear about these people going and having these visions, and like you know they were in heaven for 24 hours, or they they were dead on a operating table, and they say they had a vision of heaven. And it's just like oh, what yeah. do we, what do we do with all these things? And I, what I loved about Randy Alcorn's book is he just said, I'm going to do a survey of the Bible and I'm going to see what does the Bible say on this topic and I'm going to put it all together and and just write about it. And um, I really, really liked it. And one of the surprising things that he says is that he believes pets will go to heaven and his reason for that is that he believes, as we were talking with our first caller, Chris from Longmont, um, that if if there's a new heavens and a new earth, well, part of the earth and part of the ecosystem and the, if we're talking about the restoring of Eden and the restoring of the way that things were meant to be, then it would mean that animals are part of that as well. So, okay. Yeah. Now, I don't know for sure. I guess it's one of those things where well, I guess we'll find out when we get there type of things. But okay. uh, that, that is what I have come to agree with. Oh, good. <laughs> is there um, a second question you said you had? Yeah, my second question, um, like, one of the laws was not to not commit adultery. And, like, the kings, like King David and King Saul, they all had, like, more than one wife. So I'm, like, kind of confused on that. No, that's a great question. We got two minutes till our break. This might take a little bit longer than that. but So if you're willing to stick with me, cool. If not, then I'd be happy to talk about it after you're off the air. But here's uh, here's the deal. You know, a lot of the Old Testament is kind of like reporting the news. Like if you report the news, it doesn't necessarily mm -hmm. mean that you're condoning it, right? Like just in the news today, I read about, uh, you know, a murder that took place near where we live here in Colorado. Now, obviously, oh, the, the news station is not condoning that murder. They're just reporting the facts. This is what happened. And I think it's actually, well, I say a few things about it. I think it is one of the... One of the things that I like about the Bible is that it's so honest with us about its heroes' shortcomings. Um, and part of the reason for that is because the true hero of the story is Jesus. But the second reason that that's important is because it actually speaks to the what we call the historicity, meaning that the Bible is actually historically accurate, is that the fact that the Bible tells us things that are unflattering about its heroes— because why would you do that? Why would you want to say something like that about the people you hold up as a hero unless it was actually true? 
And so I, mm-hmm. I think it's, it's really, you know, nice. It's really important. And it's really encouraging that the Bible tells us about the shortcomings of the heroes, because what it tells us is that, Hey, if God could use them, if God could love them, if God could um, receive them, show them mercy and grace, well then can he do the same thing for you and me? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Okay. Hey, yeah. I might talk about that a little bit more as we go on in the show. If, uh, if our lines open up, but, uh, Susan, God bless you. Thank you for calling in. Oh, God bless you too. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. We have come up to our mid-show break. We'll be back after this in two minutes' time. The number to call, 303-690-3000. We've got all open lines, so give us a call, 303-690-3000. We'll be back in two minutes. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. Uh, We would love to hear from you. And uh, if you have a prayer request, we'd love to pray for you. The number to call, 303-690-3000. or text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. We had full lines for the first half of the show, but right now it looks like we've got open lines, so we'd love to hear from you. Again, the number, 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. While I've got you here, let me take the opportunity to uh, invite you, if you're in the Longmont area, to join us at uh, the church I pastor, Whitefields Community Church. Uh, We meet right downtown in Longmont, just one block west of Main Street on Longs Peak Avenue at the St. Vrain Memorial Building, which is in Roosevelt Park, the city park right here. And uh, two cool things coming up that I want to let you know about. So the next two Sundays are really great opportunities for people to come visit us or if you have people that you want to introduce to our church. Maybe maybe you don't live in Longmont, but you know someone who does and uh, you'd like to introduce them to our church. We'd love to have you guys come and meet you and visit you, uh, visit with you, have you hear the word with us and worship Jesus with us. Uh, So this coming Sunday, we're doing an outdoor service, which we only do once a year. So we do it right in the park directly in front of our building. And uh, it's a good size area. And um, we hope to just fill it with people worshiping Jesus and, uh, and hearing the gospel. And we know that a crowd draws a crowd. So the bigger the crowd, that we hope that uh, people will just walk up from off the streets. We had that happen last year when we did it, and it was just a, a, a very encouraging time uh, of that. So this coming Sunday, 10 a.m., uh, 700 Longspeak Avenue, right downtown Longmont. We're going to be doing an outdoor service. We'd love to have you join us or send other people our way. And then the following Sunday, we are going to have Pastor Ed Taylor coming up from Calvary Aurora, and he is going to be sharing the word with us in Longmont at Whitefields Community Church. So if you are a uh, person who has been blessed by Pastor Ed's ministry and uh, you live in Longmont or the surrounding towns, we would love for you to come and hear a special message from Pastor Ed. He told me about 
uh, what his message is going to be about, and it sounds really cool. He's gonna he's gonna have this kind of like physical, tangible thing for people to take home, just kind of to remember the message. So we're gearing up for that as well. So this Sunday, outdoor service, and then next Sunday we're gonna be joined by Pastor Ed from Calvary Aurora. So looking forward to both of those. But you can find out that and more information on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're uh, everywhere you go on the internet. We're up there too. So just uh, search for Whitefields Church and you'll find us and you'll be able to keep up with everything that God's doing and everything that uh, is going on here in our church. Looks like we had a call from someone named Heidi from Maryland and she's asking for prayer for a job. So let's take care of praying for Heidi right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, Heidi's heart to uh, find a job and just to, to work and to honor you and serve you. Lord, you have made it clear to us that um, our job is not just a job, but it's a calling from you. It's a vocation, which literally means calling. Uh, calling from you to serve our fellow man or serve our fellow woman and to, to serve this uh, human community and to do your work with the hands that you've given us, the minds that you've given us. So Lord, I pray for Heidi, that you'd provide her with a job so she can pay her bills, so that she can do all the things that she needs to do. Lord, I pray that you'd open a door for her and lead her to it. I pray that there would even be some kind of divine um, some kind of divine appointment that happens where she meets somebody uh, and and that person happens to be the one who helps her find a job. Lord, I, I pray that there would be some kind of instance like that and that, Lord, you'd lead Heidi and provide for her needs. We pray that uh, in Jesus' name. We also pray for anyone else listening who says, hey, that's, I'm in the same boat as Heidi. I need a job. I need, uh, I need a way to pay the bills and I need something to do with my gifts and talents. Lord, I pray that you would provide for all of your children. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Uh, taking your calls and texts on the air today, the number to call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720 336 That's 720-336-0897. Let's go to uh, some of our text questions. We have all open lines, by the way, uh, right now. So we'd love for you to Love to hear from you, and uh, you can also text us. So make sure you uh, call us or text us. We'd love to hear from you, pray for you, talk about the Bible with you. Uh, we had a question texted in. This person is asking, uh, do I have to be baptized in the name of Jesus only or in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? Because I was baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but my sister is telling me that I have to be baptized again and only in the name of Jesus. So that's a good question. And um, and so uh, here's here's the answer to that. Here's what Jesus taught us. Uh, and, and Acts, well, let's just look at some of the, the biblical issues. Okay, Acts chapter 2, verse 32. Um, Peter is preaching the gospel to the big crowd that gathered on Pentecost. And he's uh, telling them, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So Peter says, repent and believe and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So that's a strong affirmation, right? Uh, Peter said, you know, 
there, there is no name under heaven given amongst men by which we must be saved other than the name of Jesus. That's in Acts chapter 4, verse 12. So being baptized in the name of Jesus would, would uh, indicate an understanding right, by the person being baptized that Jesus is their Savior. But here's the, here's the other thing. When Jesus gave his, his great commission at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, here's what he said. So this is Matthew 28, verse 19. He told his disciples, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So, I mean, this is Jesus commanding us to go into all the world and baptize people, not just in his name, but in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So that that would indicate to us that that is the model that, that we've uh, been given. Jesus also taught us to pray. Um, you know, he taught us to pray in his name. Um, we pray in the name of Jesus. Um, we're baptized in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So we pray by the Holy Spirit to the Father in the name of Jesus, right? So we see that Trinitarian formula there again. Um, so again, I just think it's very clear that, yeah, while we see people... Peter, for example, saying, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. We see Jesus giving a formula to them and saying, here's exactly what I want you to do. And my guess is that when they did baptize people, they didn't just say, I baptize you in the name of Jesus, but they said, I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, because that's exactly what Jesus told them to do. So that's what we do at our church. And I, I don't think that you need to be rebaptized uh, in Jesus' name only. In fact, I, I do think that this is, this is the way because Jesus gave us this way. So I hope that answers your question. God bless you. Um, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. Number to call, 303-690-3000. or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Paul in Loveland, Colorado. Hi, Paul. Welcome to the program. Yes, uh, Pastor Nick, uh, I need prayer because uh, I'm I'm convicted to start a, a, a workplace Bible study in, in my office, and uh, I'm getting a bit of resistance and hesitance. And ironically, it's actually coming from people who claim to be believers, but it seemed like they would put other things first instead of just saying, you know, out of so many days of the week, uh, just put set aside an hour of Bible study and prayer during either before the day begins or during lunchtime. And I would get, you know, the, the, what's disheartening sometimes, and I ask a lot about this, like, you know, discouraging is that they'll say, oh, you know what, I need to have my lunch. Or, you know, I, I would rather go, I, I need to do my exercise. And so um, I feel that um, because this place has not had a, a Christian Bible study before, and the evil one is just laying a lot of roadblocks and at the same time to um, maybe discouraging believers from getting together to pray. Yeah. Well, Paul, I think it's really great that you're championing, championing that in your workplace. Um, you know, it is one of these interesting scenarios, right? There can be a way where you say there's a closed door or things are difficult. And we have to ask the question, well, is God um, making it difficult so that I won't do it? Or is God making it difficult because he wants me to persevere through it? And, I mean, my opinion here, Paul, and we can pray about this, but my opinion is uh, I think 
that um, I think that uh, that you should persevere. I think that it's a good thing that you're doing. And, you know, because, like you're saying, it's such a change of culture for people in your workplace. They've never had it before. It can be so different for them. I, I think that that's what needs to happen. You just need to persevere, be persistent, not give up, and continue championing this thing. So the, the note that I had got, are you having difficulty finding a place to hold this Bible study, or are you having difficulty uh, getting buy-in from the people who would participate in it? Uh, getting buy-in, uh, just to yeah. even convince uh, people who, who who are believers, and and I sense um, yes, like you said, uh, buying into a new idea, but also a great sense of fear. I think that somehow people have bought into this lie that the devil has put in many workplaces in America, although it's actually not true. If you actually went to someone in HR, they say, no, we cannot prevent you from practicing your faith. But they have bought into a lie or they're led to believe that somehow they are taking away time from work or that you should park your, your religious beliefs at the, at the door and not mm. bring it into your workplace. And I find that to be such a pervasive fear that people have. I, I agree with you, Paul. I think that uh, all the more important that you champion that in your workplace. And, uh, hey, I, I really want to pray for you that, uh, that, this, that you would have the perseverance to go on and that uh, truly you'd get a couple people around you who start to catch your vision for doing this and that they would make it a priority. You know, one other thought that I have is like, hey, people can eat their lunch and have a Bible study at the same time. That's, you know, you can also run and, discuss the things of the Lord at the same time. So um, maybe, you know, just be thinking in those terms. Is there kind of a, a hybrid like hey, where people can say, hey, yes, you do need to eat. And and but let's let's do spiritual things while we do that as well. So um, I just pray for you for wisdom in that. But let's let's pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, I pray for Paul. I uh, I thank you for his heart for studying the, the Bible with his co-workers and bringing that into his workplace. Lord, I pray that you would give him some people around him who catch this vision, even just a couple people to begin with, a core group, and that that core group, Lord, uh, that p- other people would begin to stick and attach to that, and it would just grow out from there. And I pray that it would have an impact on the workplace, an impact on uh, not only that place where they are working, but on their individual lives that would flow out from there. Lord, I, I know of some great revivals that took place in New York City in similar ways, these lunchtime Bible study and prayer meetings that became so powerful and affected New York City so much in the 20th century. And so, Lord, I pray that that would exist in Loveland, Colorado as well, and it would begin with Paul and a group at his workplace. So, Lord, give him perseverance, give him faith, and, and really bring people around him who catch that vision and are on board with it. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Paul. I'd love Thank to hear you, the Pastor. report. Yeah, I'd love to hear the report once it gets started. Oh, yes. Praise the Lord. I'm looking forward to that, too. Sounds good. All right. God bless you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. Let's go to Mary in Maryland. Hi, Mary. Hi. Welcome to the program. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I had been listening to a previous program, and um, I had heard some talk about um, uh, about discord within the body of Christ. 
uh, within the body. And my question to you was, um, there's a lot of things going on here in, on the East Coast in the churches. It just seems like a lot of saber-rattling <laughs> okay. going on. And I was just wondering, number one, if that is what seems to be going on in, on the East Coast or in the middle of the country, I'm not familiar with that. And also, um, there's a scripture in Matthew 10:26 that talks about that there is nothing hidden that won't be revealed. And I was just wondering if you could kind of, um, you know, uh, go over that a little bit as to what the Lord was meaning with that. Yeah. So the best thing to do, of course, is to to take context when we're talking about what that means. Um, so let's just start there by looking at Matthew ten twenty six. Let's see. Jesus is talking to his apostles. He's sending out the twelve. He's talking about how persecution will come. Uh, they they should have no fear. So where is this verse again? Can you remind me? Twenty six. Yes, Matthew ten twenty six. Yeah. So have no fear of them. Who's the them? He's speaking of the persecutors. So the persecutors who will persecute them, he says in verse 16, uh, persecution will come. He says, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Mm -hmm. so this is part of Jesus' discipleship process. You know, you might be familiar with it. But what Jesus would do as he sent out his disciples is at the beginning, they would watch Jesus do things. Then the next step was that Jesus would say, OK, now we're going to go together. And then he sent them out and said, OK, then you I'm going to send you out. And then you come and report to me what it was like. And then finally, Jesus said, well, I'm leaving. It's going to be better for you. I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And it's better for you. And then I'm going to physically leave this earth and I'll come again later. So um, I just point that out to say this, that this is where we put that in that discipleship process. He's training them for what lies ahead. And he's telling them, hey, I'm going to send you out. Not everybody's going to be friendly towards you. You might remember other scriptures about this, right? Like, uh, he says there, verse 24, a disciple is not above his teacher. If they hated me, they'll hate you. And and so he says, have no fear of them. So the them is those who persecute you for doing the mission and the work of, of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And he says, for nothing is covered that will not be revealed or hidden mm -hmm. that will not be known. What I tell you in the dark, say in the light and what you hear whispered, proclaim on the housetops. Do not mm -hmm. fear those who can kill the body but cannot cure the kill the soul rather fear him who can destroy both body and, and soul in hell so here's what i understand the point that he's making is this that you know it seems like there are a lot of people who get away with a lot of things here on earth mm -hmm. um, but just take solace in this that not everybody's that they're not really getting away with it that there will yeah. come a day of, of where there will be justice where where god will deal with people according to justice and I, I think that gives you a lot of solace, especially if you've been the victim of some sort of injustice or crime. You know, I think that if you haven't, then it, it, this idea of justice seems very, I don't know, negative, pejorative. But mm -hmm. but when you have been, you know, like I, I've known people who've been abused and molested and the person who did it totally got away with it and there were no consequences at all. Well. Or, they, or they got ripped off, you know, and, and it's like, man, God... Like like David said in the Psalms, God, how can this be? Mm -hmm. And this is where we have solace. Hey, you know, people think that things are covered up now, but it's all it's all going to be revealed before the eyes mm -hmm. of God. Yes, it is. And um, 
Um, thank you for explaining that. Um, that's kind of what I got from that. And I just, you know, wanted to encourage you, too, to continue doing what you're doing and encouraging the body of Christ. Thanks, Mary. Yeah, uh, I didn't answer your first question, so I'll, I'll deal with that <laughs> next. Um, your first question, you know, you asked about discord. Now, I, I guess I can't speak for other than my own experience, um, what I see and my own perception. I do see some discord. Yeah, you know, amongst even people who I've been in fellowship with for some time uh, there last year and the year before, there was a little bit of discord even within our group of churches within uh, the Calvary Chapel. And uh, that's very disheartening. Um, but I will tell you that in my local area and, and amongst local churches, not just Calvary chapels, like even here within my own city, uh, I just have been impressed really with the fact that there is a lot of unity and there's mm. unity between the churches. Um, I was telling some other callers last week that, you know, we were contacted by another local church here in our town that offered us they asked us to apply for a grant from a foundation that, or an, an endowment fund that they run uh, mm. for a building fund that we're trying to raise money for right now. And I just thought that was so beautiful. You know, mm. this church is not being territorial. They're like, hey, we just we want to help you guys. You're doing God's work. We're doing God's work. Let's do it together. And maybe we can help you guys with some resources that we have. I think that's how the body of Christ should work. And mm. I was just blessed to see that that's how it is working here in our town. Um and, and I see that there's a, a great fellowship amongst the churches that I'm connected to outside of my town as well. So just if that helps, uh, you know that there is uh, there is some some great things happening. Um, take Amen. heart in that. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. You bet. God bless you. And God bless you. All right. Bye bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. We have nine minutes left in the show, and let's go to, well, I'll give you the number to call. We, we could probably take in one more call after this next one. So if you'd like to get in for that last final call, the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000, or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Sterling in Golden, Colorado. Hi, Sterling. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to say that I talked to you a little while ago about um, the value of having multiple people pray um, versus just my own prayers. And I have a husband and son and his wife who are not believers, and of course I've been praying for years for them. Um, and you said uh, to, told me that f to follow the example in the Bible of people, groups of people praying. But I, <laughs> but since I made that call, I, I have not asked anybody else. To, to pray. Okay. And um, as I was listening to you um, in my car coming home, I thought, I I'm going to do that now. Um, the the thing that I have prayed a lot about is is be, being a stepping stone for them instead of a stumbling block. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I feel like I'm a stumbling block because, you know, it's, it's hard to talk to your own family uh, sometimes more than it is to talk to friends or strangers even yeah. so i just pray for um to know how how to be how what, what the lord wants me to do and how he wants me to be with them as i pray yeah absolutely yeah can i ask real quick do you have a um mm -hmm. do you have a church family you're connected to yes i do awesome yeah i'm sure some of those people you know i, I don't know if your church does i know our church does we have a uh, a group of people 
who we even have a confidential group um, where they yes. pray. And I'm guessing your church does too. So maybe yeah, that's something do. you could reach out to. Um, mm -hmm. But I would love to pray for you right now. So let's Thank do that. You. Heavenly Father, we lift up Sterling to you. Thank you for her heart and just her concern for her family members who aren't saved. Lord, we know that you share that same concern. We know that you, you share it so much that you uh, came to this world and you let yourself be nailed to a tree uh, for their sake. So Lord, we pray for those uh, family members who don't know you yet. We ask that you would open their eyes, open their ears, open their minds and their hearts, that they might not only hear the gospel, they might not only understand it in theory, but that it would be understood in their hearts and, and truly understood to the point where they believe unto salvation. And Lord, I pray for Sterling that you give her so much wisdom with how she relates to her family members. I pray that she would be, I love that prayer of hers, that she would be a stepping stone and not a stumbling block. Lord, it takes so much wisdom to navigate that. And so I ask that you give her wisdom as she does navigate it. And, uh, and Lord, would, would you please just help her to be patient, to have faith, and to continue praying and continue being a witness. I also pray for those family members so you bring some other people into their lives so it's not just Sterling who is the only witness in their lives, but there will be others as well. Mm -hmm. And we pray that in Jesus' name. In Amen. Jesus name. Thank you so much. That's so helpful. Appreciate awesome. it. God bless you and God your ministry. You. Awesome. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. We're coming up on the last five minutes of our show. Uh, the number to call, if we maybe get one last call, 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. In the meantime, let me just tell you about uh, some cool things happening uh, in the local area. Uh, Calvary Aurora is going to be hosting two really cool conferences. So if you heard during the break, they are doing a, um inductive Bible study seminar. That's coming up. I don't have the dates for those. Maybe the producer could send me those real quick. But um, it looks like the there's also an Answers in Genesis conference coming to Calvary Aurora from the August 25th to 27th. So uh, Answers in Genesis. And it looks like they have an, uh, an, a website for that. So it's Answers Outreach. So it's two words, but together. AnswersOutreach.org slash Aurora18. And that is Answers in Genesis coming to Calvary Aurora. That's August 25th through 27th. And also uh, that inductive Bible study seminar, which I am very excited about. Hopefully that's like a Saturday, one day thing. It's going to be on September 8th from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And uh, that's a great opportunity for, you know, for those of you who are like, how do I learn how to study my Bible really effectively and get the most out of it? Um, you know, how do I study my Bible for all it's worth? And um, that would be a great thing for you to be a part of. So that's at Calvary Aurora on the 8th of September from 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. And I'm guessing that you probably have to sign up in advance for that. Actually, no, you don't. You can just show up. Um, and uh, But I would imagine space is limited. So make sure that you get there on time and, and take part in that. So let's go to our text line as we finish up the show. Uh, we have one texter asking for prayer for my son, Wesley. He is caught up in drug addiction and can't seem to escape the world, uh, that world. He needs help that only God can provide. My heart really goes out to you, uh, this texter. I, I have some friends dealing with similar things, and I would love to pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for Wesley, and we pray for other kids out there uh, and, and people who are not kids anymore. Lord, people caught in the bonds of drug addiction, Lord, we pray that you'd save them out of it. Would you give them true 
freedom and liberty in Christ, that they would be set free from addiction, both physical, mental, and, and emotional, and all those things. Lord, set them free so they can be truly free in you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. We've got two minutes. Let's go to Marie. We've got one last prayer request. Hi, Marie. Welcome to the program. Hi. I just need a prayer request. I have a, a granddaughter whose parents are going into the courts tomorrow because they can't decide what school she could go to, mm. should go to. She's been at a school for two years already, and uh, her mom wants her back at that same school, but the dad wants to move her to a school that's closer to his house and more convenient for him, and he only gets her two days out of the week. I see. Yeah, that's, that's so difficult. Um, let's pray for these kids and for this situation. So Heavenly Father, yeah. pray for Marie and her uh, grandchildren just with this desire um, that it would be the best for them. Lord, and I, I just do pray that uh, this court hearing, Lord, give the judge so much wisdom that he'd have that wisdom like Solomon did, uh, knowing what is best for the, the child in the situation. So a divorce can be so hard, and we know there's so many people listening who know that personally. So Lord, I pray you would heal wounds in these children's lives that have been caused by a divorce and uh, difficult family situations, and also for other listeners as well. And we just pray for the very best outcome in this situation tomorrow as they go to court. Uh, Lord, we pray that people would be civil in the way that they treat each other, and uh, that truly the kids' best interest would be would be held up. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God Thank bless you, Marie. You've been Thank listening you. to Calvary Live. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I will be with you again tomorrow, uh, taking your calls and texts on the air. And so I'm looking forward to hearing from you. If you didn't get to call in today, make sure to call in tomorrow. And I'd love to chat with you. God bless you. Tune in every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. for Calvary Live. Have a great night. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.